15 years ago, in June 2003, as Catholic Canada was still recovering from World Youth Day 2002, an energetic 88-year-old Italian man, Gaetano Galliano, convinced a young priest, Father Thomas Rosica, to take the helm of a new enterprise, a Catholic television station, which they called Salt and Light TV. That was 15 years ago. Today, Salt and Light is an award-winning, multi-platform organization sharing the good news of the gospel through television, radio, print, and online media. Since their first documentary, Love is a Choice, released in 2004, Salt and Light has produced over 60 documentaries and produced dozens of TV series. Their radio program, The Salt and Light Hour, was first produced in 2008 and is listened to in some 20 over-the-air stations across the United States. Salt and Light began as Mr. Galliano's dream, and it's become a reality that has touched the hearts and minds of so many people around the world. As they enter their 15th anniversary, we wish Salt and Light many more blessings as they continue to bring flavor to a world that in many cases has lost its taste and is in much need of light. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callan. I am Billy Chan. And it's 15 years, guys. 15 years of Salt and Light. 15 years yeah. for me anyway. I don't know about you guys. How many <laughs> you've years? Been, you've been around since the beginning, I've Pedro. I've been around since June Begin- 2003. Really? Wow. I know. I'm old. I wow. know. It's fun. Like we've, it's, I it's was great. not born yet. No. You were not no. born yet. It's been great to see, <laughs> no, to see us grow from like a closet to yeah. where we are now. Where and, we are now, yeah. And of course, closet. I'm very happy about this program. This program is 10 years old and uh, nobody talks about that anniversary. <laughs> we will in this program. Yeah. What is the exact date of, of the radio hour? When was it first? It was January 2008. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you passed 15 years. No, 10 yeah. years. 10, 10 years. years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, anyway. So, mm-hmm. so um, we will continue. This is the last show of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go on a break uh, uh, until September, but uh, it's a great show today. We have uh, uh, the news with Emily. There's some interesting news. I mean, the summer's always slow, right? It is very yeah. slow. And, and I mean, it's a good thing we're stopping for the summer. There's not even a general audience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the Vatican. Even Rome kind of, you know, goes on vacation. So, right. Uh, yeah, there are there is some news this week. Um, the president of France made a visit to the Vatican. Yeah, okay. Uh, so he spent a whole day in Rome. Ta- well, so I'll yeah, explain so you'll tell us about that. exactly about that. Um, there's a new uh, priest that was assigned to a, a new job uh, yeah, in, in the Canada? Con- in Canada. Yeah, the Conference okay. of Catholic Bishops hired someone. Okay, so you'll tell us about that as yeah, well. Yeah, um, and, and, and other little other tidbits. Yeah. Other little tidbits. tidbits. And then Sister uh, Marie Paul Curley will be here. She's actually going to give us her top 10 animated films. Uh-huh. So I'm looking forward to here. She always has some interesting, uh, there's some usual films there, but I'm sure there's going to be some surprises. And then, Billy, you have a question. Yeah, a question about politics. About politics? Wow. Okay. Can you believe All that? Right. Not about the dummies? World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> question about politics. Okay. And then for you guys, okay. Yes. Yeah. The impact... Pope Francis has been Pope for five years. Mm-hmm. Yep. What has been the impact of this papacy for you personally? Mm. I I think it's opened up conversations with friends uh-huh. uh, mm. that I would have probably never had before with them. Okay. Or would have been it would have been more difficult. Like to conversations have with them. about what? Um, kind of like the hot topics. Um, <laughs> or or not even just hot topics, just the church in general and faith. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Pope Francis has um. 
had uh, a lot of influence or at least has kind of portrayed this image of um, uh, a church that, well, I mean, not to repeat too much the word dialogue, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's of probably course, that's one of the, the main words that and you think of when you think of Pope Francis. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Um, and for me, yeah. it's actually I feel so bad uh-huh. after he being Pope. You feel bad. I feel really bad because he's really down to earth. He's very easy to understand his yeah, message. Yeah, and yeah. he's actually, every single message, it really touched my heart. Like, oh, yes, this is, I, I did something wrong and I shouldn't, I shouldn't do it. And things like that. Yeah, mm. no. And it's I, a, it's yeah. a great impact. It is. It is a great impact. I've even seen impact in my own at a local, like a parish level. Uh-huh. Things like with the uh, annulments and uh-huh. I mean, or, or things like the environment. Yeah. With Laudato Si. Um, so that's kind of neat. The, re- the reason why I'm asking, why am I asking? You should know this. Why? I think because I know, there's a but new documentary us, in the second <laughs> half hour of the program. We're going to be speaking with Sebastian Gomes, what? producer here at Salt and Light, who's working on a new documentary that looks at, as you guys know, the impact mm. that Pope Francis has had and is having at a local level. So this is not a film about the Pope. It's a film about the people that have been impacted by by this Holy Father. Mm. Um, so Sebastian is going to be here with us in about 20 minutes to tell us more about that. And then at the end of the program, we're going to be meeting another new singer, a young woman from Cleveland, Taylor Tripodi. Um, she's working on her second album. I'm, a, I'm amazed Wonderful. I haven't heard from her already. Yeah. She's like 23 years old, wow. already oh working goodness. on her second album. Very and it's, it's, it's excellent music. Um, but the album's not, it's great because the album's not, she's not going to release it until the fall. But uh-huh. we have two of the tracks that we're going to get to hear on this program. Great. Never heard before. <laughs> um, so, uh, but first, before we do that, we're going to listen to another track. This is from Taylor Tripodi's first album, Be Glorified. And the song is called Here I Am. Give you my all is what my heart 
That was Taylor Tripodi with Here I Am from her first album, Be Glorified. And we're going to be speaking with Taylor Tripodi at the end of the program. And in about five minutes, Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. But first, Emily is still here with our news. Yes, Pedro. And as I was saying, the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, met with Pope Francis in Rome on Tuesday. And so he spent the whole day in Rome. And uh, he he started his day actually with the Saint Egidio uh-huh, uh, community, which is a a, an inst- a Catholic institution run by lay people, yeah. very popular in Italy, but also yes. present in different parts of the world. Yes. And they support ecumenical dialogue, welcoming refugees, um, education for those who are um, marginalized. So right. they do a wonderful. lot of good work. Yeah. And uh, the reason why Macron was meeting them is because there is a partnership between the um, the community and. Um, uh, and French uh, organization, okay. French government. So basically, when it comes to welcoming refugees um, and also their involvement in Africa and um, in certain parts of Africa uh, and education for the youth. So, right. so there's there's work that's being done, and that's why he met with them. Uh, huh. And and those were kind of the topics that they that they discussed. Next, he he did go, obviously, uh, to visit Pope Francis, and their meeting lasted close to an hour. It was 57 minutes, which is very unusual. Mm -hmm. It's exceptionally long for a meeting between a a head of state state, and the Pope. And... In their conversations, the themes that came up were uh, relating to the environment, uh, migration, resolution of conflicts, especially in the Middle East and in Africa. Uh, And as usual, they then, uh, him and his wife, Brigitte Macron, exchanged gifts with the Pope. So again, big meeting. Number three, there was another reason for his visit in Rome uh-huh. or for his trip to Rome. He, there's this tradition in France or between France and the Catholic Church um, where since Henry IV, so in the Middle Ages, uh-huh. um, the, the, um, they received like this honorary title at the Basilica of St. John Lateran. Okay. And so um, basically what this signifies is just the close relationship between the Catholic Church and France. And this started happening after Henry IV received permission from the Pope to forgive the Protestants or to allow Protestants to freely practice their own faith in the country when okay. he made the country Catholic again after the War of Religions. Okay. And so um, this tradition just kept on going after Henry IV, uh, the kings after him, and eventually, obviously, presidents um, would... would uh, do this, uh, have received the ceremony. And interesting, so, yeah. especially when France is such so proud of being a secular state. Right. That's interesting. Right. But wow. Macron um, has, has spoken a lot about wanting to dialogue with the Catholic yep. Church. Uh, he was recently at the Collège des Bernardins, Bernardins in Paris, uh-huh. where he, he did give this long speech and told um, members of the Catholic Church that uh, he wants to see them involved in politics and out there and really? and expressing themselves. So he, he does identify himself as Catholic. Mm. Um, I know that there are things that people criticize him for as yeah, being not very Catholic, yeah. um, but but he himself um, is trying to be more open to that. And, and I think that's one of the things that him and Francis have in common. Uh-huh. And so... Um, well, that's good. Yeah. good. When you first told me that that was a news item, I thought, eh, who, who really, you know, not very interesting. But it, it 
it is interesting. Yeah, thank Actually, you. <laughs> great, thank you. Thank great. you for sharing. So, and in Canada, we have some news too? Yeah, so in Canada, um, the Bishop's Conference named a Father Eric Sylvester, 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 because uh-huh. he is a Francophone, yeah. as the new director of the um, of Liturgy and Sacraments for the French sector okay. in the office, the National Office of Liturgy um, okay. at the CCCB. Mm-hmm. And so previously to him, uh, the, the, the man who had that, that position was Father Louis-André No, And so he's going to be going back to the Archdiocese of Quebec to continue to his continue ministry his as a priest. Okay, good. Yeah. Congratulations to Father Sylvestre. So that's all for, for the news. That's very good. I guess summer, things slow down. Yeah. Um, the big news for us, of course, here at Salt and Light is our 15th anniversary. Yes. So we're going to be hearing a lot more of that as we, as we continue. Um, have a good summer, Emily. And, Thank you, and Pedro. And we'll continue this program in September. Emily Callan, our news producer here at the Salt and Light Hour. You can follow her at Emmy Callan. Hi, everyone. I'm Corey Marie, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. My name is Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour is now available on your Google Play Store. You can subscribe and take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister Marie Paul, welcome back to the program. Oh, it's great to be here. And it's great to be here with this top 10 animated family film. That's great. Yeah, I know, from the century. I know that scares me when you say that, but it's only 10. So um, I'm, I'm curious to know what's on your list. Oh, it's uh, it, they were just really fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to just do a quick countdown and then we'll slow down when we get down to number five. Okay. Um, so that we can kind of fit everything in. So All right. number 10 is Kubo and the Two Strings. Okay. Made in 2016. It is a stop-motion Japanese-like anime, um, and it's from Leica Entertainment. And I don't know if it got the um, viewership that it deserved. Uh-huh. It's a magical quest. It's, it's a wonderful story. Okay, good. Never heard of it, but um, I have <laughs> heard of it now. <laughs> Number nine is called The Breadwinner. Uh-huh. And this is from the... the Wonderful uh, cartoon saloon animation studio. Okay, this is their third feature. All of their features have been nominated for for Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a powerful story. I, I do have some notes for adults for the parents in my blog. Um, if you're going to watch it with with children, you might want to just uh, take a look at that before you watch the film. But it's it's brilliant, timely, troubling, and beautiful. Okay. It's, it's a wonderful film. Okay, the breadwinner. Num- the breadwinner. Yep. Number eight is The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Okay, you've mentioned that and one before, yes. I have. This is a Studio Ghibli film, and it is an ancient Japanese folk uh-huh. tale about a tiny princess, and it's just visu- visually exquisite. Okay. Uh, it's It's amazing. So okay, it's another, good. it's definitely a good film for the whole family. All right. Number seven is The Incredibles. Yes. It was hard to pick the best. Pixar films and it, it, Ooh, the, the they're all great. Kind of scattered yes. with them, um, but I like this one because it's a family coming of age story. Uh-huh. And the sequel's in the theaters right now. Yes, so I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. it's a good setup. So it, it definitely a good fa- family film. Number six is Coco. Okay, which was last year's uh, Dixie Disney Pixar film, and it gives wonderful homage to Mexican families. Okay, and also with some wonderful th- thematic development about. Um, forgiveness and family, uh, even and following one's dreams and how to do that in, in being true to your family and your uh-huh. marriage. So okay, very good. 
good film. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I have been meaning to watch it, so so I should go do that. My one regret is that it doesn't have any direct reference to Catholicism, oh. which I think really shapes Mexican culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it's a really great film. Okay, so, Coco. Uh, it's a great yes. family film, Coco. Okay, number, number five. five. How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, yeah. And I, I cheated here, number one and number two. Okay. Yeah, they're both good. Yeah. <laughs> they're both great. Um, if you're not a dragon story lover, then I would simply say these films are both profound coming-of-age stories, and they really are unbeatable in the animated realm in the sense of their depth and the realism with which they explore, you know, Hiccup, who's our main character, his character development and the key relationships in his life. Uh-huh. Um, they also have a lot of wonder, uh, you know, the natural world, uh, a wonderful piece about authentic leadership in both films. And of course, you're flying on the back of a dragon. So that Yeah, I know. How amazing. cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's number five. Okay. Number four, The Secret of Kells. Oh, yeah. Which is an amazing, it's a magical, fantastical fairy tale. Uh-huh. Um, the story of Brendan, who is the young nephew of the abbot of the monastery at Kells, who's entrusted with a series of tasks to help save the Book of Kells from the destruction of Viking invaders. Now, this is set in a real situation that really happened, but it's done in an imaginative, fantastical kind of way. It's so cool, though, because the whole film is centered about the light that the Word of God brings into our lives and okay. into our times. Uh, real, this real book of Kells um, is considered one of the greatest medieval treasures of Europe. Okay. Uh, so, and I, I even at the end I, of my review, I put a little family activity that you can do that's fun. All right. Um, that kind of unpacks that for you, the family. Okay, The Secret of Kells. The Secret of Kells. Highly, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Number three is the Lego movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is just a brilliant, brilliant film. It spoofs the popular superhero movies. Yes. I've talked about it here before. Yes. But it's it's really cool because not only does it have this powerful image of selfless, Christ-like love, it also talks about every... Uh, Every person or every Lego character being right. uniquely special. Yes. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And being part of a community as well. Uh-huh. Uh, number two is Up. Okay, of course. Yes. There were a lot of runners-up for this, but I really, the first 11 minutes of this film make it uh, such yes. a powerful yes, uh, it is. Uh, entry. If you haven't seen Up in a while, it is really the perfect summer family film. Hmm. It is, and it's really uplifting. It's gentle, it's poignant, it's got laugh-out-loud humor, and it's got talking dogs. Yes. I mean, really, and flying houses. Yes. You know? Yes, <laughs> yes. But but that sense of uplifting, that I think is what really makes mm-hmm. this the perfect family mm-hmm. summer film. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And finally, we have number one is Spirited Away, which okay. is considered yes. the masterpiece from Studio Ghibli, and I know I've talked about it you before. You have, yes. It's that story of 10-year-old Chichiro who must really save her parents from the consequences of their greed. Um, they actually lose their humidity and become pigs. This is an animated film after yes, all. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's really a fantastical adventure with very lavish animation, a very smooth plot okay. um, that also really takes us into the heart of, of a young girl's journey. She's 10 years old uh-huh. who must really rely on her own pluck and determination both to survive herself and to rescue her parents, you know, with, with resilience and strength mm-hmm. and goodness. It's 
you know, it's a fable and a fairy tale, and everything in this film is more than it seems. Yeah. Every moment, every every a screenshot, every every aspect of this film is deeply layered, and it's just got great themes. Okay, so, good. Yeah. There's all the te- there's all ten. So there's all great ten. Viewing Absolutely, for and so people can go to your blog and they can get the whole list and even more details on all of them, and maybe some runners up there that you might have more than ten. Oh, um, yeah. So that's at windows to the soul Sister Marie Paul, thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the summer. Thank you, you too, and I'll be praying for you and for all the listeners as always. Thank you. God bless. Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Hi, this is Curtis Stephen with spiritandsong.com, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can listen to this program again at saltandlighttv.org slash radio or also download the podcast off iTunes or Google Play. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan. Billy, you have a question. Yes, you know, when we talk about Church for Dummies, dummies, you know, uh, it always linked to uh, politics. Okay, yes, I see the connection. <laughs> can I see? Yeah, can I can I see the this? connection. I see the you connection. Know, and also, you know, as a Catholic, so as, when you have um, um, religion, you uh-huh. know, belief, it's very hard to do vote um, uh, in, okay. in, in any, like... Like I vote that the church should change the teaching. Uh, not about the church, but I, I, I mean about the government or you know the politics and things like that. But I'm not c- going to talk about politics here. Okay. My question today is okay. about uh, why we cannot vote for the pope. Wh- why we can't vote for the pope? Yeah. I, I don't know. What? Because <laughs> that would be very expensive <laughs> and complicated. You're right. Um. Uh. I. That's a good question. Uh-huh. Uh I would say that. I mean, it used to be. Uh-huh. Before we were born. I mean, most of us. <laughs> like, you know, like like in the in the in the first century, no, not like the 10th century, uh-huh. 12th century. Uh-huh. Before that, the popes were usually, I think, mm-hmm. um elected by their success, appointed by the predecessor. So like if I'm the pope, I would say, well, Billy's going to be my next the next pope. Or by the head of state, sometimes the the king would appoint the pope, oh. which is why there was a lot of corruption. And sometimes you had two popes being uh, elected, elect, appointed oh, at the same appointed. time. Mm-hmm. So that's why we had what they call anti-popes. And at one point we had a pope in France and the pope in Rome. Okay. And, and actually, I think that happened a few times. So uh, to avoid all that, I think, I'm not sure if it was Pope Gregory or Nicholas, one of the popes, uh, decided to, to, to just streamline the whole process. And he decided, uh, I think he wrote a, a papal bull, a, oh. a document that actually said, this is how we're going to elect popes from now on. And uh, and he created the whole, what we call the College of Cardinals. So all, if you're a cardinal, you could elect the pope. I ask this question, it's not about, you know, I do not like Pope Francis. I love Pope Francis. Yeah. But, you know, uh, when I see him, you know, and I see a lot of people like, I want to be him too, right? I mean, okay. uh, I don't know if you want to be him. I want to be like like him. I mean, you know, yeah. at least. So, what is the criteria to be a pope? Uh, I actually think there's only two criteria. You oh, have really? to be male and, oh, you have, and you have to be baptized. That's it? That's it. So you could be pope, Billy. Really? But yeah. I can never get into that, you know? No, you can't. In fact, um, <laughs> I mean, the pope doesn't even have to be a cardinal. Usually, the College of Cardinals will elect one of them. Uh-huh. But historically, that's not the case. I mean, there's been there's been situations where the College of Cardinals actually uh, appoint, you know, a monk or someone. 
Um, I think actually Pope Gregory was a, a monk. Oh. And then they, he wasn't even ordained or he was a deacon. Okay. And so then they ordained him uh, to the priesthood. They ordained him to the episcopate. And then they, he was able to be pope. Uh, so it's weird, Because right? the pope I mean, has to be a bishop. Uh, okay. But in order to be elected pope, you don't have to be a bishop. They will just make you a bishop. So all kind of like election and like all kind of like pope related is, can we say that it's always inspired by God? By the Holy you know? Spirit. We have to believe that otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, why are we here? Like, we totally have to believe that the Holy Spirit is guiding the church. Because if we don't even believe that, then why are we even in the church? You know, like, yeah. it's just like all just the heck in the handbasket. Um, so, so we have to believe that. You, can I just get back to you? Because yeah. you made me think that you don't even get to elect your own pastor in your parish. Correct. Right? Yes. So, and you might get a pastor that you love. You, can you only might com- get a pastor that you hate. You can only complain. You can only complain. You can work with the pastor. Yeah. But it's the same thing. The pastor is appointed. Yeah, by the archdiocese. You know, it's also not like a democratic process. So the church is not a democracy Oh, in that sense. The church, Actually, is, the church not is not a democracy in, in any sense. He- heaven is not democracy too, right? Hem- heaven <laughs> is not a democracy either. Yeah. So it's a good conclusion today because if the yeah. leader is love and just like Catholic value, you know, they, they do all kind of things. We do not need democracy. Absolutely, yeah. If if the leader, if the ruler, yeah, is God, f- perfect mercy, perfect justice, perfect uh, love. Okay. Then then we don't need democracy. It is democracy. It's perfect. Thank you, Billy. Good question. Thank you, Billy Chan, our seasoned radio host and the webmaster behind saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him at bjo chan. Coming up in our second half hour, the Francis Impact, and we meet singer-songwriter Taylor Tripodi, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Pope Francis has been Pope now for five years, and right from the beginning, he won the hearts of everyone. He's been on the cover of magazines, movies, and TV series have been made about his life. He's loved by Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For many people around the world, he has become the most authentic and credible moral leader. But his impact goes much deeper, far away from the Vatican. The real Francis impact is lived and felt among ordinary people who have been inspired by the Pope's call for more compassion, more inclusion, sustainability, and dialogue. And this is the focus of the new Salt and Light production, The Francis Impact, produced, written, and directed by Sebastian Gomes. And so I'm very happy to welcome Sebastian Gomes to our program. Welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour, Sebastian. Thanks, Deacon Pedro. Great to be here. Yeah, so five years ago you made The Francis Effect. Um, This is... Can we say it's a sequel, but it's not really a sequel because it's not about Pope Francis, is it? Yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, the Francis Effect was was a look at the major themes that were emerging after one year of Pope Francis. Right. If you remember, it was like a whirlwind. I mean, yeah, all I know. The, I know, you know the new, he was all over the news. Like we, you just said, the cover of magazine, we couldn't <laughs> keep up. With, and everybody was saying, you know, what is happening, you yeah. know? And, and that movie was um, uh, met with a lot of success. A lot of people really appreciated the different themes that we 
broke down for uh, people, but how mm-hmm. he's communicating in new ways, how he's reaching the peripheries, how there's a blueprint right. for this whole pontificate, how he's kind of going back to Vatican II. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a few years after that movie came out, maybe 2016, um, people started asking us, you know, so much has happened since that first year. When are you going to make yeah, a sequel? What's next? Yeah. And so we started talking about that as a, as a potential follow-up documentary. Uh, but then when we decided that the fifth anniversary would be a good time mm-hmm. to, to do a, a new documentary, the big question that I asked uh, Father Tom and, you know, our team here at Salt and Light was, uh, how is it going to be different than what everybody else does right. for his fifth anniversary? Because everybody is looking at, you know, the reform like at the Vatican, whatever, you, know, yeah. you know, about what he's done, about what mm-hmm. he's not done, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. controversial issues has he, yeah. you know, weighed in on? What has he not done enough right, of? You exactly. Know? Uh, kind of a, a, a report card yeah, yeah, yeah. on him. And I wanted to really do something different. So I said, okay, instead of looking at him, let's take the spotlight and put it on the people who have actually felt his impact in right. their ordinary lives. And right. that was the springboard into this project. Yeah, that's why it's the impact. So, so you're looking at how whatever the Pope is doing or saying is affecting real people like in the ground, on the ground. In That's the right. So how did, you, right. how did you find these stories? What kind of stories are you looking at? Well, I, one of the things I did right off the bat, too, was to try to isolate what are the main areas that Francis is concerned about. So uh-huh. after five years, what do we know that he's really concerned about? I'll give you a few. Mm-hmm. The environment, mm-hmm. right? The publication of Laudato Si, how yes. much he's... He's been outspoken about our need to protect our common home, change our behaviors, et cetera. Yeah. Refugees and immigration. Of course. Huge thing. Yes. He's been the kind of global leader on saying, look, we uh-huh. need to do a better job of not only welcoming people mm-hmm. and opening our doors, but um, integrating them uh-huh. into the new, the new places where they live. This is a phenomenon that's not, that's not slowing down anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, interfaith dialogue. You know, he's reached out very strongly across not only to other Christian churches, but to other religions yeah. as well. And, um, and that, that approach to dialogue, mm-hmm. that face of dialogue that he's put in the Catholic Church has been very consequential. Mm-hmm. Um, also pastoral reform. So within the church, you know, he's sort of begun to reform the way pastoral ministry, the attitude of pastoral ministry. Right. He wants it to be more uh, accompanying, more inclusive, mm-hmm. more... Um, you know, built on personal encounter and and reflection and discernment and things like that, as opposed to just a rule book that's laid down on the table for people to follow. So I looked at all those areas. I said, these are the big themes that Francis is concerned about. And I said, let's now look for the stories from within those different areas that, Uh that give flesh and blood to these these concepts. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. So I started doing research. I researched for maybe three, four months uh, and found the stories that are now going to be told in the film. Right. So for ex- just to give an example, because we can't talk all- about all of them, but let's say, so pastoral reform, what kinds of reforms has he made and how, what is the story that, that I guess uh, gives life to that part of his impact? Right. So the story in the film that, that deals with pastoral reform is a really, really uh, moving, beautiful story that comes from uh, central Minnesota, which is actually where mm. I went to school. And it was ah. actually kind of how I found uh, the story in the first place. It was a classmate of mine that I'd been talking to. And, and she said, oh, my gosh, this couple that I know is a perfect, perfect story uh, for, for your film. And it worked out well. But the story is of a couple who um, both of their first marriages broke down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wife, uh, her first husband died in a horrible car accident. Um, the husband, his first wife 
left him. Yeah. And both of those first families, they had three kids each. Right. So the two people who were experiencing, a, a, you know, tragedy mm-hmm. in different ways from, from families breaking down, uh, found consolation in each other, eventually started dating and then decided to get married. And there were some complications around his application for, for annulment. annulment. And so the story really goes into how Francis and why Francis reformed the annulment process uh, between 2014 and 2015, which I don't want to spoil the end no, of the film, but, right. but had a direct impact on the lives of these two people okay. who, were, who, were, who were seeking that and who okay. wanted to be yeah. re- remarried or married again in the Catholic Church. Right. So you were... So that's in Minnesota. I know you also traveled to Lampedusa in Italy. You were in El, we were in El Salvador together. Right, yeah. So there's stories from all over the place. Um, what was maybe the most moving moment or surprising moment for you in making this film? There are many moving, uh, touching moments in the film. I mean, the people, and you know this from our time in El Salvador. I mean, yeah. the people that we that are that are the protagonists of this film. Um, are very sincere people. I yeah. mean, and, and the impact that, that Francis has had on them directly or indirectly, it's, it's, so, it's so meaningful, you know? And, it, and I think one of, the, one of the beautiful things about the film is, like you just said, it's a, it's a universal, we're trying to be universal as much as possible. I mean, you know, um, we couldn't go everywhere yeah. <laughs> around the world to yeah. tell every story, but yes. we picked a few that are representative of all these different kind of cultural contexts. Yeah where the Pope is having a real impact. And there's really no other reason for these people to know about each other or to have any kind of connection no. other than the Pope has yeah. impacted yeah. their lives. So yeah. just just seeing how all the threads connect has been very powerful for uh-huh. me. Yeah. Um, I'll also say, you know, like we, we, we deliberately have interviewed a number of bishops and cardinals, five cardinals uh, uh-huh. in total, who are very close to the Pope and, again, from all, di- all different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. It's been really amazing to me to hear from a cardinal of the Catholic Church, how openly they speak about how Francis has changed them. Them personally. Them personally. Interesting. And their own approach to pastoral situations and their own approach to different issues that are in the church, their own approach to evangelization, their own approach to to being involved in like social issues, you know, being right. out on the street and that kind of thing. You know, like you and I saw that in yeah. in El Salvador. Yeah, I mean, like sure. the hierarchy, the institutional church really got yeah. on board in the, in the story that we tell yeah. uh, about uh, the the battle against metallic mining yeah. in El Salvador. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that came from from Pope Francis. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that that's good. If if the bishops are being changed, then that's a direct and it's you just know, not something you, to, yeah, it's just not something you hear every day. No, you know, you we don't. kind of expect our local bishop and our and our cardinals to to have it all together and to like be the experts <laughs> in, you know, all these different churchy things. Yeah. And yeah, f- yeah. and to hear them very very sincerely say, you know, I see Francis do this and that's really freed me in a yeah, way. Yeah, that's great. Like why can't I do that? That's great. That's what they ask that's themselves, yeah, you know. Why can't I make a make a surprise visit? Absolutely. Why can't I call yeah. somebody and, and and ask them how they're doing? Mm-hmm. Why can't I reach out to the people who are on the margins in that way? Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe in closing, what uh, what do you hope that people will take from this film? Well, I hope that uh, first of all it will it will help Francis uh, in a way uh, because yeah. I think I, I think his ministry is is extremely important for our particular moment in history um, I think he's revitalized the Catholic Church in, in remarkable ways um, and I think the story is really uh, a testament to that um, uh-huh. and so I, I hope that it, it in it inspires people um, and I also hope that it um, emboldens people for them to see that Yes, the Pope is like a symbolic 
and but also an important leader that we should follow. Uh, but we also have to do something. Absolutely, it's about the people on the ground who who affect the most change. Yeah. You know, in our world. Yeah. And the Pope can inspire us and lead us, but we all have to kind of do something and participate in that. So I hope it it emboldens people to mm-hmm. to see what to reflect on maybe what they could do at the grassroots level in all these different areas that are so important to the Pope, but also so important to us as Catholics. Yeah, for sure. Well, good. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, the trailer is out, so people can go to the website and watch the trailer. I'm going to give you that site in a bit. Uh, thank you, Sebastian. I'm, uh, again, looking f- very much forward to, we hear a lot about how this film is going here at, at work, so looking forward <laughs> to see how it, it comes together. Sebastian Gomes is a producer at Salt and Light Media. He is the writer, director, and producer of The Francis Effect. And his new film, The Francis Impact, will be out this fall. Check out the webpage, watch the trailer, and all kinds of other neat things that are on that website at thefrancisimpact.com. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Taylor Tripodi, with her single, You Heard My Name.
your life I might have mine to be with you for all time as you gave up your breath even certain death couldn't hold you That was Taylor Tripodi with her single, You Heard My Name. Taylor Tripodi began learning to play guitar at age 8 and began writing songs at age 11. She made her first album through a Kickstarter campaign while she was studying music at Franciscan University in Steubenville. That album is titled Be Glorified, and she says that she made it so that all those who listen to these songs can draw closer to his sacred heart, all for his glory. Now, Taylor is transitioning into full-time ministry doing music and speaking, and she has now been working on her next album, which she hopes will release this fall. And to tell us more, I'm very happy to welcome Taylor Tripodi to our program. Taylor, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hi, Deacon. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's so good. I'm so excited to meet you. Um, I'm a little upset that I didn't hear about you when the, your first album came out because your music is, <laughs> is really, really good, but better late than never, right? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So you're the, you're the oldest of nine kids, correct? I am. It's true. It's, it's a lot. No, it's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's great. So what was it like growing up? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so my parents didn't always plan on having such a big family. You know, I grew up, um, yeah. and when I was six years old, my three-year-old brother passed away. Okay. And it just really changed my family a lot um, for the better, praise God. Um, uh-huh. But my parents really started to embrace the faith and embrace uh, just living the fullness of the Catholic faith. And before that, before my brother had passed away, they were kind of just living like a lukewarm Catholic Christian lifestyle, and uh-huh. so, yeah, so um, growing up after that happened, you know, they, they started having <laughs> a lot of kids, and uh-huh. um, from from that point on, my parents really were dedicated to raising us in the faith and to make um, our relationship with God a priority. Right, wow. And so, obviously, it was a faithful household. Was it also a musical household? <laughs> 
Um, you know what's funny is my mom, she sings, but she doesn't like to admit that she sings. Okay. So, you know, I would always hear her singing through the house, and she's, she likes to be uh, one of those loud singers at Mass. Uh, okay. But she will never, she'll never openly admit it, so it definitely runs in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, my siblings, one of my sisters plays the piano, a couple okay. of them sing. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it was. So did up. you, you uh, I said, or I, I mean, that you started playing guitar at eight. What, is that because you mm-hmm. just wanted to, or did you just pick it up? Were you studying music at school or what? Yeah, you know, I think I saw, so when I was little, I loved country music, still do to this day. Okay. Um, and I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Faith Hill and uh-huh. all these other country artists playing the guitar. And so I think, in the end, that kind of drew me to want to learn more about it and was a little bit curious. And so my mom bought me my first guitar when I was really little, and then they started putting me in lessons. So that's okay. kind of how that happened. That's awesome. And then you started writing songs at age 11. What, 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 were, you writing, what were you writing about? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, now that I think about it, I think the first song, uh, one of the songs that I wrote was about a boy that I had a crush on. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's always good. <laughs> so pretty... It's good to write about. To my yes. namesake. Yeah, so Taylor Swift-like, you know. Yeah. And then um, and one of the other ones I wrote was just about doing God's will. So it's kind of funny oh, yeah. how the two were intermixed there. So That's yeah. good. That's good. Um, were you singing or playing at church? Yeah, you know, I started cantering uh, for Mass when I think, I want to say I was either 11 or 12 years old. So, um, yeah, my parents put me... Um, at, into the church and kind of got me starting to sing in church since I was really little. Yeah. So. Did you ever go mm-hmm. through, I mean, obviously you went to Franciscan University, but th- as a teenager, did you ever think, okay, I got all these siblings and my parents are too Catholic and, and this is not making a lot of sense for me? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, I think everyone has moments of doubt and moments of just, yeah. oh, you know, like I'm not, I'm not really sure, like, is this for me? But then, um, so definitely I have experienced those moments through my life and especially I would, you know, it's kind of crazy. I went to like the most Catholic university ever. Yeah. Um, and even there you still, um, you yeah. still have to take of ownership of the faith that you were given as a child. And so um, I had those moments for sure, but I think the Lord was so good in his mercy just to lead me back um, to where, you know, where I am and where I'm striving to be. Yeah. So. Did you? Why did you decide to go to Franciscan University? Was that? I mean, were you thinking yeah. I'm Catholic? I need to go to a super Catholic, or I don't know. Do they have a good music program? I don't know. <laughs> I actually yeah, don't know anybody. Funny. I don't know anybody that has gone there to study music. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's funny because uh, so throughout high school, um, I went to the Steubenville Youth Conference. Okay. Yes. And that played a huge yeah, part in. Yeah, that yeah. definitely played a huge part in me wanting to, to go there. So. Yeah, and it's not far from home, I guess. That also helps. No, yeah, it's two hours. It's yeah. not, not a very far drive. That's great, yeah. not Close enough that you can come home if you want to, but not that close <laughs> that you can't be home every all, all, every weekend. That's, yeah, I know. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> that's yeah. great. So um, I'm curious, the song that we heard just before we uh, you came on is called mm-hmm. um, You Heard My Name. And you wrote mm-hmm. that in the Holy Land. Tell me about that. I did. Yeah. So, wow, what a what a life-changing opportunity. I would have never been able to do that had it not been for an opportunity that was given me by Jeff Caven. Uh-huh. Yeah. He asked me to be the cancer to lead music for that week. 
And um, wow. so that kind of, that song kind of came about when I was in the Garden of Gethsemane and just yeah. uh, the weight of the passion and just the weight of his agony, but most importantly, just the weight of his love just really struck me when I was there. And um, uh-huh. so that song just kind of came out of that experience. And um, yeah, the Holy Land was just, Wow, absolutely life-changing. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. People need to go. If they haven't, they need to go. Oh my um, gosh, absolutely. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, so the new album, Awakening, can we say that that's going to be the title? I, I guess. I don't know. I've You're, you're the yeah, second person that, so that, far that I speak to with an album that hasn't been released yet, and they're not quite sure whether they want to admit that they have a title or not. <laughs> no, no. This is... I'm, I'm pretty set on it because most of the other songs that will hopefully, God willing, be put on the album kind of have that same theme to it as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can probably count on that being the title of the album. For yeah. Sure. Do you, are you, did you, I don't know how, how, how does it compare with Be Glorified? Did you set up, I'm going to do an album or is it that I now have so many songs that are written that we could make an album? How did you kind of decide that it's time for a new album? You know, uh, I think that after a period, so I, the last time that I put together the album was in 2015, which was uh-huh. almost, uh, was like three years ago. Yes. And so, um, I kind of, it's, it's gonna sound a little crazy, but I put music kind of on the back burner for a little while. Um, uh-huh. I was having some vocal problems and different things like that. And so I kind of just thought that that was God's way of, you know, mm-hmm. pulling me away and taking me somewhere else. Uh, but then really, truly, just this past year, uh, this past fall, and really in the Holy Land, like, I felt the Lord just calling me, calling me back to that, and um, just telling me that, like, He wasn't trying to take away music from me, but He wants me to just persevere and push yeah. push through it and just really seek Him in that. And so, so yeah, so I, you know, these songs started coming, coming through uh, in prayer, and uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to try this and I'm going to make another album. We'll see what happens, you know? So it was kind of like an awakening. <laughs> it was. <laughs> exactly. Wow. It all comes together. No, that's that's <laughs> awesome. Um, I really, really like your music. Um, you, you say that you love songwriting. Why do you love song, songwriting so much? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it is seriously such a gift. Uh, I think the thing I love most about it is that it's really just the way that I connect with God through prayer, or at least not the way, but one of the ways that I connect with Him through mm-hmm, prayer. So mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, when I'm praying, like I'll just be given kind of like a theme in my heart, or maybe it's like something that I'm going through personally that um, the Lord is trying to stretch me or yeah. uh, to teach me something. And so a lot of times just words will kind of pour out. And uh, since I was little, you know, melodies were something that was, easy to kind of to come up with uh and so you know putting the two together like i just i love to be able to express um my personal relationship with god through prayer yeah no that's great and you can express so much more through music emotionally that you can't express with just words um i i totally get what you're saying um really looking forward to the full album and not just uh, you know one track and then maybe possibly a bonus track so uh (laughs) we're gonna stay in touch and uh keep up the good work because it's it's really good and good luck as you transition into full-time ministry because uh good for you good for you thanks Um, so much deacon i appreciate it
Okay, great. So, Taylor Tripodi, you can learn all about her. You can buy her music. You can book her for your next event at her website, taylortripodi.com. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily, taylortripodi.com. And here now is Taylor Tripodi with the song that will be the title track of her new album, Awakening. listening to Taylor Tripodi with Awakening from her yet-to-be-released album of the same name, and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where you can learn about all featured artists and guests. And remember that you can also now subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on iTunes and also on Google Play. Make sure you log in and write us a nice review. And if you want to reach us, you can reach us at, well, for me, at Emmy Callen on Twitter. And for Billy is at Joe Chan. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Deacon Pedro. And Emily, this is our last show of the season. Are you sad? I am a little bit, yeah. That's yeah, okay. No, the summer. Yeah. And the summer will be good. And over the summer, um, you'll get to hear all our best interviews of, interviews of the year. So don't stop tuning in. Have a great summer. Thank you for being with us. I'm Emily Callen. And I'm Deacon Pedro. And this has been The, the Salt and Light Hours. Chasing after me even when